This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, August 15, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. Are we learning the right lessons from the tragic and deadly attacks on U.S. forces in Afghanistan? When we recognize that most gains in war are always fragile and reversible, the decision to leave a country should become much easier. So says Malou Innocent, foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute and co-author of the Cato Report, Escaping the Graveyard of Empires. I think the lesson from this incident should be that terrorism is a low-cost, high-output tactic that definitely bleeds the enemy if it's a conventional force. And as we've seen in Afghanistan, uh, according to some estimates, we're spending upwards of $325 million a day on operations. And you look at uh, the Taliban insurgents, it's uh, they're wearing sandals and shawar kameeses, and they're able to fire an RPG at a, uh, at a Chinook helicopter that per unit cost is roughly uh, $35 million. Um, and that's not even including uh, the number of Navy SEALs who were killed, uh, the years of training, language expertise, I mean, that that sort of loss is incalculable. I think that's what we sort of need to understand is that terrorism will always win out in the end of the day, and that's a lesson we haven't learned from Vietnam. Uh, the terrorists can always spend another day in this region. They decline to fight when conditions are inhospitable. They can move to different areas. They blend in with the local population. This is a very difficult war, and it's one that we shouldn't be fighting, and we can't afford to continue waging. The claim from the Pentagon is always uh, these gains, whatever they are, they are fragile, they are reversible, and it seems almost to be saying, well, we know that we're going to get hit at some point and that whatever gains we have may be erased very quickly. It doesn't seem like something that you want to be involved in. All of your gains can be erased very easily. Right, right. I mean, just if you have a, a certain level of, of stability in a given region, one suicide bomber can completely destroy that illusion of security is essentially what it is. And I think what we've seen, at least in the past uh, week or so, initially I was reluctant to weigh in on this incident, this Navy SEAL incident, because the details were very murky. And in hindsight, I'm happy that I was reluctant to weigh in because there are so many conflicting accounts about what happened. Uh, NATO said that it killed the insurgent responsible for downing the helicopter. Uh, But then the story that didn't get out was that the original target of the raid had escaped. Uh, Another issue that really didn't get a whole lot of press coverage, especially in the wire services, is that initially this was touted as a rescue mission, that the Rangers were sent in first, then the Navy SEALs and the support staff were sent in second to help the Rangers who were pinned down. Uh, But General John Allen, the new commander in Afghanistan, gave a completely different explanation. He said that the target of the the raid had escaped, number one, number two, uh, that the Rangers uh, weren't necessarily pinned down in, in the sense that the SEALs were sent in to prevent the other insurgents from escaping. So this is more of a reinforcement mission rather than a rescue mission. And many people in the military are asking, uh, why is it that we've sent essentially the SEAL Team 6? These are the guys who shot the Somali pirates. These are the guys who went after bin Laden. Uh, These were some of the most highly trained counter-terrorist units that we have. And they were sent in essentially to kill a low-level, low-ranking Taliban in Wardok province. Uh, So again, the cost disparity uh, is enormous. Uh, The loss of life is tremendous. And this tragic loss uh, really did not have to happen. Is there an indication that perhaps from this event and other events like it that we can speed the plow in terms of getting 
out of Afghanistan? Sadly, no. Uh, in fact, I think it works both ways. I mean, uh, you find people who are saying that this uh, underscores uh, the the limitations of counterterrorism, that you can't simply have military, U.S. military forces hopping in helicopters and uh, com- uh, continue these night raids uh, in perpetuity. But I think that sort of assessment confuses enemies and tactics. Counterterrorism can be applied in many regions of the world against a number of enemies. The question is, why are we going after these Taliban when we've already disrupted, defeated, and dismantled, largely dismantled al-Qaeda. That was the real enemy. Now we're continuing to go after the Taliban. So it's a question of why are we using our scarce resources, resources, military resources, economic resources, and political influence uh, to go after an enemy that, again, essentially melts back into the population uh, that has a great deal of support, especially in the southern and eastern provinces of the country. It has a cross-border sanctuary in neighboring Pakistan. So these are all the questions uh, that that should be uh, addressed. And I think it's an issue that uh, more people, especially on the anti-war side, uh, should be should be sort of pushing in the sense that this goes to show that this isn't a war we should be waging. It's not that we should fight for another one or two fighting seasons. There will always be sort of this illusion of progress right around the corner. And this is, again, why I think we haven't really learned a lot from our previous uh, guerrilla campaigns and experiences. That and also, I think one of the, the major problems is that this uh, helicopter crash, this tragedy, uh, occurred amid an increase in violence uh, that we've seen in Afghanistan. In fact, despite the glowing reports about you know the the, the gains that we have made, uh, we've seen uh, the casualty rate for this year is on pace to break last year's record, and last year's record broke the record for 2009, and the record for 2009 broke the record in 2008. Um, also, you have the issue of just in June uh, set an all-time high for the number of IEDs, uh, and um, you know National Security Analyst Kelly Vlahos, in fact, had a fantastic piece a couple weeks back on the human costs of IEDs and these attacks because, of course, medical technology has enabled our soldiers uh, to live and to you know withstand the blow of these attacks. But many of them are returning as double amputees, triple amputees. Uh, the groins are completely blown off. And these are things that no one wants to talk about, especially if you're a war hawk. You want to sort of suppress that information. So it's unfortunate that the people who want to push Americans into war want Americans to not criticize the war. And I think it's important for, again, those anti-war types, those who are critical of the war, to say that we want to support our men and women in uniform. And the best way to do that is to bring them home. Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of her work at Cato.org.